you do without freedom? Will you fight? Welcome to Leverage Addicts, the podcast for investors looking to maximize returns through leverage. Join host, seasoned mortgage professional and real estate enthusiast, Blandon Lerm, as we explore property investing strategies and learn how to navigate the market to build new wealth. Welcome Leverage Addicts. In this episode, I want to discuss with you how we can build a resilient property portfolio in 2023 and weather the market volatility. Now, investing in properties can be a very lucrative way to build wealth, as you guys have known if you listen to the channel or if you're a property investor yourself. But it's never without risk. So actually, to help navigate these risks, we'll be looking at four strategies on how you can build a resilient portfolio. This includes diversification, risk management, due diligence, and staying flexible. Now, how do you actually apply those things into your property investing? I'm going to dive into those in just a minute, but whether or not you're just starting out or looking to take your portfolio to the next level, tune in and learn how you can build a portfolio that can withstand the ups and the downs of the market. The first one that we're going to talk about is diversification. What does that mean? Well, simply put is putting your money in different places so you don't have all your eggs in one basket. How do you apply that in property portfolio building? Well, there is this concept that I like to share with my team and also with my clients, and it's called the property pyramid. Now, it's nothing new or special, and I'm not the author of that idea. The simple idea of the property pyramid is that you want to have a mixture of properties in this pyramid. And just to give you an example, we always talk about the three C's because in properties, there are capital gains, the capital improvement and cash flow. And so some properties are potentially more focused on just having capital gains because it's in a really good location and there's a lot of future development in those areas. And those are tend to have better capital gains in the long term. Capital improvement means that you could actually spend more money to increase the value of these properties and you can increase the cash flow as well. And then lastly, you've got cash flow properties where potentially when you buy it, it's got a lot higher rent, but it might not have as much capital gains in the future. But data has shown, and we always talk about this with the clients as well, sometimes even in the regions where cash flows are higher, you don't actually see too much difference in capital gains. But that could be another conversation that we have in another day. By understanding these three C's principle, it's going to allow you to structure your portfolio a lot better. Because the advantage for you is that, well, if you have some properties that are going to have future development, you're going to be able to sell your capital gains property, have that capital, and then put it in the development that you have. And if you have cash flow, it's going to allow you to sustain the portfolio in the long run. And this is going to be really good, especially if there are changes in the market. Because if you just had a portfolio of just new builds or just units, When the tax rule changed, there was a massive down on those market prices, especially for units, for example, because it's not tax deductible anymore. It was the bottom of the market for properties, investments. It wasn't that attractive. The second thing that is going to allow you to really push for is also your borrowing power. Because if you have a portfolio that's a bit more balanced, you perhaps have a land bank and then add a property with high cash flow, it's going to increase your leverage power in the long run. So just to give you an example, like how I structure my portfolio, I would say I'm probably slightly lower on the cash flow side because 
I kind of took advantage of, you know, being able to run a business and have a slightly higher servicing income than a normal individual. But I still make sure that I go for things that have high cash flow. So my property permit, I have a home and income that's a land bank that I'm going to be building eight houses or eight units on it where I'm going to take advantage of the tax deductibility on those new builds and it's going to allow me to have a significant equity uplift as well. Now, how do I actually make sure I can hold on to that? Well, naturally, it's already got like a 5% yield but um, interest rate is six and a half. So it's not really going to be sustainable if I just had that property. So I have two other properties that are sort of in that nine, 10% yield range where it's cash flow positive on day one. And by structuring the portfolio that way, I know it doesn't matter what's going to happen in the market. I'll be able to hold on to those property at any given time. So that way, this is a much more balanced method to build your portfolio. The second thing that you got to look at is your risk management. Now, this thing about risk on a property portfolio, simply put, it's just your cash flow and whether or not you're building a margin of safety when you're buying those properties. Now, margin of safety, if you've already got a property portfolio, you already bought it, then you know, you're not going to be able to control that. But when you're buying, that's the most important thing. We talk about this, how do you buy under value? And there are usually four values that you want to buy under. The first one is the market value. This is just looking at recent sales. Uh, the second one is the renovated value. So could you buy a property where potentially if you renovate it, it's still under value in terms of comparing with properties that are renovated in that particular market. And then the third one is, could you buy under mini development value? So what does that mean? If you maybe extended a house or you built a minor dwelling or you just did a simple subdivision, could you make money that way and have some built-in equity on that property? And then the fourth value is the development value. So what happens is when you buy a property, because especially with the unitary plan changes, there are a lot of properties where potentially you can develop in the future and build a lot more houses. And because of that, you can calculate what you could potentially develop that property for today and sell it for today and see what kind of margin you'll get. If you're getting a 20% margin at the end of it, if you were to develop it today, that's very, very good news because that means in the future, if there is a bit of uplift on the land value and houses in general, that 20% is gonna turn into a much bigger value because remember when you develop a property, you're adding more money and just a slight increase on the land value and property value, it gets amplified on a land bank. And that's why we call this a land bank because a small change in today's market value is gonna amplify that future gains for you. So when you want to buy property under value, those are the four things you want to look at. And if you can take all four boxes, that is almost like a risk-free deal and you ought to figure out how you're going to do that deal. Now, the other thing that we're going to talk about is the cash flow because cash flow is what's going to allow you to service the debt. And it's important that I stress about this being servicing the debt because cash flow doesn't just mean like, okay, you're getting some rent and you should be happy. You should know how much cash flow you're getting to actually pay for your mortgage. And because properties is less attractive without leverage. And what that means is if you can't borrow money on the property, it's probably not the best investment because property is less attractive if you're just buying it for the cash flow and capital gains. I think if without leverage, you're better off to invest in like, say for example, businesses or shares because there would be a higher return. And mortgage coverage is a thing that we try to push with our clients because mortgage coverage is to measure how much mortgage you can service with just the rent. And this is very crucial. 
And the other thing that you need to monitor is the cash on cash return. Because when you have a portfolio, you want to look at how hard the cash is actually working, how hard the equity is working. And by understanding what cash on cash return is on your portfolio, you're going to be able to find better opportunities that's going to be replacing some of the existing equity and it's going to allow you to have a better return in the long run. To give you an example, because what happens is you might have noticed capital gains on most properties will outpace rental growth. Capital gains outstrips rental growth meaning your capital gains is going to rise faster than what the rental market is going to give you. And remember, it is the old school mentality to keep those properties forever. Like it's a different tax rule in America because you're claiming depreciation, you have to pay capital gains tax. But for us, we don't. And that kind of leads me to the next idea of regular monitoring and rebalancing. And that's the third principle you need to stick with. Because we have this really massive advantage in New Zealand is that we've only got a bright line test for just 10 years. I know a lot of people complain about it, but comparing to our neighbor like Australia, you're always going to be paying capital gains tax, same as America. We've got this advantage here where you're going to have tax-free property after 10 years. So what does that mean? Well, if you hold this property for a while, you can sell it. And if there are properties out there, that's going to give you either better capital improvement, which means more development potential or better capital cash flow, which means you're going to get more money in the bank, then you should look at those opportunities and see if you can replace some of the properties that you have in your portfolio that's going to give you a better long-term return. And so that's why monitoring the cash on cash return is so important and understanding what equity you have locked up is important. Also going back to the leverage, because if your portfolio has just got very, very low leverage, you're not getting the best return on your portfolio. There is ways to structure your portfolio where you're still having debts on it so that you're getting the maximum capital gains on that particular portfolio. And you can measure the cash on cash return. So a quick plug-in, if you guys want to look at case studies on cash on cash return, and also how you can apply the maximum leverage on your portfolio for best growth, you can check out the masterclass stage three. It gives you actual case studies. The last thing we need to focus on as a principle to weather the storm is have a long-term mindset and focus on the long-term goals. Now, investing with a long-term mindset means that you're sticking to the plan. And so you can help avoid some of the emotional decision. It's very emotional. Like this year, interest rates almost tripled and markets gone down. Very easy to go, oh my gosh, do I need to pull out on some of these properties? And I, I share some of these stories with you in previous episode. You could check it out. Me and Andrew talk about the property lessons and also seven strategies on dealing with high interest rate. So go through some of the thought process with dealing with this current market. But what happens is you should have a long-term mindset. And this is not something that I'm making up. It's something that if you listen to the gurus that have lived through multiple cycles in the market, that's the same principle that they preach. And what does that mean? You really want to just project 10 to 15 years out and think in decades opposed to two to three years. If you can build your portfolio that way, that's going to allow you to really think how you're going to build a more sustainable portfolio. And that's going to make you think about cash flow and your development potential. Right? If you're just building a portfolio with just new builds, like low cash flow, low improvement value, that's not going to be a really, really good long-term portfolio. I don't disagree with new builds. I think you could have one or two in there. But overall, you definitely want a mixture of properties. 
And then you want to avoid taking punts on the short-term interest rates as well. This is really important. We always talk about interest rate averaging, but better yet, I think you should think about averaging on three to five years interest rate because on day one of your property, you don't feel comfortable taking it on on the three or four year rate because the cash flow is so low. It's probably not a decision you should make. You should really think about how you can fix it for longer term. And if you're comfortable with that projection, that's going to give you certainty and it's going to lower your risk. That's the deal you should go for. So really think about the long-term interest rates as well. So in summary, those are the four things we should think about. The first one is diversification. And what it means is to have a good mixture of properties in your portfolio. Second one is risk management. And risk comes down to your margin of safety when you buy the property and then also your cash flow management as well. The third one is regular monitoring and rebalancing. What that means is looking at your portfolio assets and see if there are better opportunities that you can add into the portfolio, take out some of the lower yielding properties, take out some of the properties that you can't really add more value to. If it's already off the bright line test, you can replace it. But even if it's not, just to give you an example, I am currently thinking about, okay, well, which piece of land can I replace? If I just sell it in the same market and then I'll replace it with a property that I'm buying in the current market, then I'm not losing out too much, but I'm replacing it with a better piece of land that's gonna have better long-term value. And then lastly, have a long-term mindset around your property investing. There are gonna be ups and downs and volatility, especially in the market we're in, there's an economic downturn is very, very obvious. So having that mixture and building the right strategy to achieve your investment goal is gonna allow you to get the best long-term result. Now, you don't always have to do this by yourself. We specialize in this area where we're very focused on your long-term goals and building a mortgage strategy or building a financing strategy that's gonna withstand the market turbulence. So reach out if you need support at mhq.co.nz. And if you guys want to learn more about properties, do tune in to our YouTube channel as well, Mortgage HQ. And until next episode, I'll see you guys again. Mm -hmm.